Hey everyone, it's Luke here. I finally found some time to record another podcast episode. This one you can thank Georgia for. She asked me about recomping, so I'm going to do an episode on that. Before I jump into it, just a quick reminder that the best way to support free content like podcasts that you like is to share it and to give a five-star rating. So if you wouldn't mind doing that, then I'd really appreciate it. All right. So recomping, I'll describe what it is to start with. This is where you lose fat and gain muscle at the same time, or at least maybe you gain some muscle without getting any fatter, (laughs) getting any more body fat. So is it possible? It certainly is. But there are some caveats and some certain situations where it might be easier than others. And so I guess we'll, we'll dive in and, and get into all of that sort of stuff. I guess what this is really getting at, though, if we want to dive into the question is, can you grow muscle, firstly, without putting on body fat? And I suppose that means, can you grow muscle without eating in a calorie surplus? So we often hear about going through bulking or cutting cycles, the idea being that in a bulking cycle, you're accepting some body fat gain so that you can put on some muscle, you can recover well from training, that kind of thing. And then when we cut, we try to maintain that muscle and reduce the body fat that we accrued during that time. So do you actually need to eat in a surplus to gain muscle? Do you need to put on fat to gain muscle? The answer is no, you don't. You can gain muscle by being weight stable and not adding any body fat or in fact reducing your body fat. What we're really looking at here is that to build muscle, it does require some sort of energy surplus. Now, this doesn't mean you have to eat an energy surplus, but that energy has to come from somewhere. And it can come from your stored energy. In other words, your body fat. So we have this energy intensive process where muscle protein synthesis is kicked off from our training and we've gotten this signal to our muscles to tell them to make more proteins to build up those structures. So let's say we have enough amino acids around to do that from the protein we eat. We actually need to fund that somehow. That whole process requires that we degrade some of the damaged proteins and we build up some of the amino acids into new proteins to make our muscles bigger. The the body kind of doesn't really care where that energy comes from. It can certainly be liberated from our fat tissues or come from other storage areas like our muscle glycogen. And so theoretically, it doesn't really require some kind of uh, you know super physiological like big dose of excess energy coming from the outside in other words a calorie surplus in your diet so that kind of begs the question why do we need an energy surplus is it even is there any point to having an energy surplus and the answer is that what we're trying to do when we have an, uh, a surplus of energy is we're trying to make sure that we're spending as little time as possible in catabolic metabolic processes and maximizing the anabolic processes. So catabolic pathways are basically where we are trying to break down nutrients like carbs and fats and proteins and this sort of thing so that we can end up with uh, more energy. So 
This is like where we degrade tissue. Sometimes we do it for structural reasons. So like I mentioned before, if a protein structure is damaged, let's say a muscle has like had some micro tears from, from lifting, uh, we need to clean up some of that stuff sometimes. And so, you know, you have this catabolic thing going on there. If you need to liberate energy from storage so that you can use it to fuel your training, like from glycogen or from fatty, uh, from fat storage into like fatty acids or glucose, then that's also catabolic. It's breaking down tissues. Anabolic stuff is the opposite. So that's rather than breaking down, you're basically trying to build up tissues again. And so the basic idea of being in an energy surplus is that when you have enough energy coming in, it means that your body doesn't have to spend as much time breaking down tissues to ensure that it has enough energy. So if we are maintaining a sufficient uh, supply of energy coming in, then there's simply no need to break down more fat tissue, to break down protein structures, to try and make glucose out of uh, amino acids or to break down um, stored glucose in the form of glycogen. Uh, we have all of that stuff coming in externally anyway, and it just gets used preferentially rather than breaking down more tissues. So the idea is that we want this supply of easily accessible energy coming in, and that way we limit the catabolic processes in the body, and we maximize the anabolic ones, the ones where we store stuff. And you can almost view building muscle as storing amino acids because we don't really have a storage uh reservoir, I suppose, for amino acids in the same way that we do for fatty acids or for glucose. Glucose can be stored in the form of glycogen. Uh, fatty acids obviously stored in, in our fat cells and adipose tissue. But amino acids, there's not really this like de facto storage depot for amino acids. So they either stay in the free fatty acid pool or they're converted into something else or they're built into actual protein structures like the structures that make up our muscles, for example. So what we're trying to do is we're trying to maintain this sufficient supply of accessible energy. And that, I suppose, means that the easiest way to do it is probably by just supplying more energy from external sources. However, we can then have a sort of overall positive energy status for our muscles from our internal storage as well because we have a lot of fat stored on us and that is a very energy rich source that we can use to carry out various processes in the body. Now we see this in the research because some people have actually been measured as gaining muscle even in a calorie deficit. So they're not getting an excess of energy coming in. They're not even getting enough energy to maintain their current level of body fatness. They're not even eating at maintenance. In other words, they are actually eating in a deficit and having to rely on their stored energy to maintain all of their body functions. And even in that situation, they've actually still got enough spare energy to gain muscle, which is really, really cool. Now, the caveat here is that this tends to happen in a couple of categories. The first one is in beginners. And you probably know that when you first start weight training, the first sort of, I'll put an, an arbitrary number, but maybe a, a semi-accurate number, something like in the first six to 12 months, maybe a bit beyond that, you tend to make 
a lot of gains. Um, it's, it's quite easy to grow muscle. And in fact, in this period, I often don't recommend people follow a specific diet. Rather, they just try and eat a little bit healthier and that kind of thing. They don't specifically try and gain or cut or anything like that because the reality is we've seen it time and time again in the research and in real life, to put it that way, that people can both gain muscle and lose fat at the same time if they are a beginner. Now, obviously, the beginner phase doesn't last forever. And there is another category of people that can gain muscle in a calorie deficit. And this is in obese people or very overweight people. So in these, this sort of situation, the available energy in the body, the sort of energy supply is pretty big, right? So uh, more so than someone who has less body fat on them. And basically what's happening is your brain is kind of keeping tabs on all of the available energy sources on various uh, lengths of time, I suppose, various timelines. So it has some sort of idea about what the daily energy intake is, what your daily energy expenditure is, and also your longer term energy stores, like how much adipose tissue or fat stores you have. And if those fat stores are pretty high, then even if your incoming energy is a little bit lower than normal and your energy output is a bit higher than normal, your brain can kind of assess the situation and be like, hey, we've got plenty of stored energy here. And in that situation, it's still possible to fund increased muscle mass while at the same time allowing those energy stores, that adipose tissue to reduce. So those are kind of the two categories. And I suppose if you're, an over, if you're a very overweight or obese beginner, then those can kind of stack. And I think you could probably gain a significant amount of muscle uh, while losing a significant amount of body fat at the same time. So there's, there's a couple of caveats here. The first is obviously that it sort of depends on how much body fat you have to lose. It sort of depends on how big your calorie deficit is as well. With a milder deficit, it's more likely that you'll be able to maintain or gain muscle in a deficit. If you're doing quite a big deficit, like a 30 or 40% deficit, then I'd say it's much less likely and you'd probably have to be, you know, some combination of fairly inexperienced with resistance training and fairly overweight, probably obese to to see increased muscle from that so that's sort of the the main situation where you're you're pretty likely to see a recomping scenario and you don't have to be in an energy surplus now uh in in other scenarios if you're sort of maybe not super lean but maybe a little bit overweight um maybe you're not a beginner but you're sort of like an early intermediate or something like that i think it's still possible to be in a slight deficit and gain muscle at the same time so we might be in something like a 10 percent energy deficit your body weight might be reducing slightly certainly your body fat going down and you can still gain some muscle in that scenario but of course that's going to be a slower situation and we can't handle as big of an energy deficit because we are beyond that initial phase where we first introduced ourselves to weight training and we've built a lot of muscle from that already. And we're also in a situation where we don't have this sort of excess energy availability um, that our brain is detecting to basically say like, yeah, cool, we're sweet. We can fund all of this extra muscle growth. So in that situation, yes, you can still be in a deficit, but probably not a huge deficit uh, to also grow muscle. So I imagine that most people listening to this are probably somewhere in the intermediate to advanced stages and or they might be a little bit overweight or perhaps not that overweight, but maybe um, like fairly lean, let's say, maybe not uh, 
carrying excess body fat to the extent that they can gain a significant amount of muscle in a deficit. So we sort of want to be somewhere around maintenance then if we want to recomp, meaning that we don't necessarily have to eat in a specific surplus, but at the same time, we probably want to avoid going into a deficit too often, um, like maybe occasionally, like a couple of days a week or something. It's very difficult to hit maintenance absolutely exactly on the head. Um, but let's say on average, we're, we're at maintenance and that way we can slowly gain some more muscle and lose some body fat at the same time. In this situation, um, it can certainly work, but I think you do have to be a little bit more on top of things. And I want to explain this by perhaps going to the opposite scenario of what I spoke about, uh, gaining muscle in a deficit, um, and talk about gaining muscle in a surplus. Because if you really want to maximize muscle growth, then it's probably best to be in a surplus and to purposely gain body weight. And the main reason for that is simply the opposite of what I explained before, where we want the brain to recognize that there is enough energy availability to build and maintain this muscle moving into the future. And so if you don't have the stored body fat, if you have a reasonably high energy output, uh, then the only real other area you can tweak to convince the brain that we are you know, okay from an energy status point of view is to just eat more, to eat more calories. And that way it can kind of release the brakes and let that muscle building process go ahead. Um, so I've done a podcast before talking about how big a surplus should be and, and all this kind of thing. So you can listen to that, but I'll recap it real quick. I referenced a paper by Slater and colleagues, which was published in 2019. And they basically suggested something like, off the top of my head, about a 340 calorie surplus to start with. And the reason why is you have to kind of account for a bunch of increased energy costs when you eat more food. Firstly, it costs a little bit more energy to digest more food when you eat more. Uh, so that's going to be burnt up in the thermic effect of feeding, as we call it. So you eat, say, 350 calories more, and some portion of that is going to go towards just digesting that extra food that you're eating. And so it's now going to reduce the relative surplus by a little bit. Secondly, we might be training harder if we're trying to gain muscle. Maybe we're doing a bit more training volume or simply because we have more energy around, we end up um, training a bit harder, lifting heavier weights and costing a bit more energy during our sessions. And so that's going to cost a little bit more energy from our 350 calorie surplus. The third thing is quite variable, but when people eat more, they tend to move more as well subconsciously. And the extent to which that happens is very individual. Some studies have shown that it's a really significant amount. The one I always reference is where they stuck a bunch of people in a metabolic lab and they overfed them by a thousand calories a day. And one person actually burnt an extra 692 calories just because they moved around so much subconsciously. Another person actually burnt no extra calories uh, and, and everything in between, right? So of that 350 extra calories that you've now decided to eat in your surplus, some of it is being lost to digestion. Some of it is being lost to maybe working out a bit harder and burning more energies during your workout more energy. I don't know why I pluralized that. <laughs> uh, and in the third instance, some of that is going to be um, just from increased movement that is subconscious. And we don't really know the exact extent to how much that will be because as I said, it's quite individual. Then we have the increased energy cost of, you know, 
repairing muscle damage and building new tissue and maintaining that tissue. So there's a few different components uh, that can affect what we actually end up with in terms of extra energy. That 350 extra calories that we're eating could end up being quite a significant surplus for some people or it could end up being not that much for other people depending how much energy they burn up in those things I just mentioned. But the main idea is that we want to start with a surplus that is um, reasonably conservative but not excessively so, so that we can increase our body weight. And so I would, I would probably start with that and then understand that we're trying to track our body weight over time and see if it increases. And typically I recommend doing that over the course of a month. So you might measure your body weight regularly each week, but then take the averages and see what happens by, let's say, a month of eating a surplus. We're looking for somewhere between about 1% to 3% gain in body weight. Um, Probably most people would prefer to be a little bit on the lower end of that just to limit the amount of body fat that they're gaining, but we definitely do want to see an increase in body weight. Okay, so that's kind of the surplus situation. If you do that, then really the main thing is like, hey, let's just get the body weight moving up. Things like your nutrient timing and the exact mix of protein versus fat versus carbohydrates you're eating and staying on top of your sleep and all that stuff, it still kind of matters, but it matters much less. More or less, if you're training hard and making progress in the gym and you're eating a calorie surplus such that your body weight is increasing, we can be pretty sure that you're gaining a fair bit of muscle and we don't need to stress about it too much. But here's where I get to the point about recomping. When we're recomping, we don't have that increase in body weight. We don't have the extra energy coming in and so we have to be a little bit more on point with some of those, uh, I suppose, less important factors. They now suddenly become a little bit more important to nail. You have a little bit less flexibility with these. So things like making sure that you're getting in enough protein becomes a bit more important. Things like making sure your nutrient timing is on point becomes a little bit more important, by which I mean spacing out your meals so that you are getting a steady supply of protein or amino acids into your bloodstream throughout the day, maybe making sure that you're eating enough carbohydrates prior to training so that your training goes well and that you're not in a sort of energy deficit for that period of training. Things like making sure your stress management is good and that you're getting to sleep on time because research has shown that people who have more life stress or people who sleep less can expect to gain less muscle and less strength over time. Uh, you have to make sure that your training is appropriate, making sure that you're making progress in the gym, that you're recovering well. So these sort of more nitpicky things that are a little bit harder to do consistently become a bit more important if you're trying to recomp instead of just straight up gaining weight. Okay, so let's just summarize what we've spoken about so far. Basically, recomping means losing fat and gaining muscle at the same time. It's much easier to do if you're overweight or especially if you're obese. It's easier if you're coming back from a layoff or, or injury. I actually didn't speak about that before, but when you're sort of regaining lost gains, it's obviously easier to do that too. It's also easier if you have less training experience, especially in the first year of joining resistance training. It is often less efficient to recomp at maintenance 
and it's a bit harder to track your progress than a dedicated bulking or cutting cycle because we're not providing this explicit external energy surplus, right? The brain kind of recognizes that we don't have all of this excess energy available. So we have to be a little bit more optimal in what we're trying to do with our training and nutrition. With our nutrition, we're really trying to make sure that we're hitting our macros well, that our nutrient timing is pretty good. We want to limit our alcohol intake for training. We want to make sure that we're recovering well, that we're making progress in the gym and tracking that properly. Um, for lifestyle stuff, we want to manage our stress. We want to make sure we're getting enough sleep as well. The idea is to be around maintenance calorie intake uh, and that way we will make sure that we are maintaining our body weight more or less but we are sort of providing just enough energy from our incoming food and from our body fat to take away from the body fat and to build up the muscle at the same time. Now, one last thing I want to mention about recomping is that we can use a small deficit or a small surplus which can sort of bias either fat loss or muscle gain at the same time, right? So what we can do um, is, let's say you're a leaner sort of intermediate, it's probably best to keep your weight steady and track via training performance and other measurements. So using the mirror and circumferences can help you to track your progress. But what you can also do is you can bias say losing fat a little bit more by being in a slight deficit like five or ten percent something like that i think a five percent deficit is probably like too small to really make any difference um, because you'll maintain your body weight within a range but let's say a ten percent deficit or something like that you might be able to still build a little bit of muscle um, but mostly lose body fat and if you went with a slight surplus you might also be able to sort of bias the muscle gain a bit more but really limit the fat um, and so those are some options, but again, I think you really have to clamp down on some of those points that I mentioned before as priorities. Okay, cool. I hope that gives you a good overview of recomping. If you have any other questions about that, then please contact me on social media. Um, so my Instagram is at underscore Luke Tullick. You can send me a DM. Uh, just a reminder again, if you enjoy the free content, the best way to support it is by sharing it with someone or leaving a five-star review. Would really appreciate that. And I'll wrap it up there. Thanks for listening.